around here. Captain! Signatures detected. Shields up. Signatures detected. Context Southfleet Command. What's happening? Context Southfleet Command. Delay that order. Context Southfleet Command. This is the captain. Context Southfleet Command. Get out of my chair. Chair, 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 chair. We have engaged the Klingons. 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 Welcome to the greatest discovery, a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. Recovering Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery, Short Treks, Lower Decks, all of the shows that are new, we are covering. Young Sheldon. Yeah, I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica, just every CBS property. That's what we like on this show. Twilight Zone. Yeah. There's a surprising number of shows in the CBS All Access app that claim to be exclusives to this app. The Good Fight. The Good Fight, yeah. <laughs> uh, those are all the CBS shows that I can name from memory. I guess the CBS Evening News, uh, that's a <laughs> CBS show. I feel like they are focusing on getting the diehard fans of things into this app, but I am so uninterested, like profoundly uninterested in anything else in the app that doesn't have Star Trek on it. <laughs> you better watch your fucking mouth, Ben, because uh, everyone's mom loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. A, is that not a CBS show? Who knows, man? <laughs> Who even knows? <laughs> yeah. You know what else annoys me, Adam? What? What's that? The fact that uh, the new st- Star Trek Picard series is going to debut before the final installment of this comic book. Oh no! What are we going to do about that? We gonna we gonna squish one in there? I think we have to, right? I think the final installment of the comic is going to have to become a either a Marin or like a bonus episode. Oh yeah, I could get with that. One or the other. Yeah. Rob will refuse to edit the bonus episode. Yeah. It- <laughs> you assholes don't pay me enough. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Let it be stated here and now, we do not pay Rob enough. We want to pay him enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably start to be able to do that next Max Fun Drive, assuming people come through. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the final installment of this comic book is uh, coming out on the 29th. I believe the first episode of Picard airs on the 23rd. We got a uh, we got a an email from our our buddy Ben Fritz that one or both of us may get to go to the premiere of uh, Star Trek Picard as his date. Now, why in the world would they release the third Picard comic after the Picard show premiere? That like that doesn't help the comic people. Yeah, it probably fucks the comic people over. Why would they do that? I don't know. I mean, the comic people are the Star Trek Picard people. We've got, uh, we're sharing writers. I was going to text our buddy J.K. Woodward uh, today because he's an illustrator for IDW. In fact, uh, the, the book we read today in the back has a bunch of pages from the IDW 2020 book uh, that we are in. That's right. The pages are not the pages that we are in, but... Uh, yeah, it's the one with, uh, with young Picard. Yeah, I'm the stargazer. Yeah. We get iced. It's one of the many times we get our asses kicked in a comic yeah. book. It's great. <laughs> it's the only it's way of, I can feel anything anymore, seeing my one of our proudest comically achievements. drawn body uh, blown out of an airlock. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just kneel down in front of a door, put the comic out in front of me with those panels, tie a belt around my neck and, and, the, uh, and the doorknob, just really yeah. go to town. Here's what, here's what I want to say to the Star Trek Industrial Complex. Um, is this my camera? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look for the tally light. Countdowns end right before the thing you're counting down to begins. <laughs> That's how countdowns work, guys. <laughs> you see, you got to uh, finish the countdown before you're counting on the, on the other thing again. Watch any NASA launch. What you will find is that they count down, you know, T minus 10, 9. The rocket never goes before 1. You know, maybe uh, the comics and the Star Trek Picard program were inspired by the Michael Bay film Armageddon, wherein they <laughs> launched two shuttle orbiters side by side, one of them just before the other, 
And in this case, uh, the comic is is the second shuttle <laughs> orbiter to launch for some reason after the show orbiter. And then one of yeah. the shows has Steve Buscemi on it. <laughs> Star Trek Picard has Steve Buscemi, right? I hope so. That would be yeah. great if he made a little cameo. Yeah. yeah, I could get into that. There's a place in the future for Steve Buscemi. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into the uh, the second issue of this comic, though, Adam? Yeah, I really do. Let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, the meat of the Picard comic sandwich. It's issue two of Star Trek Picard Countdown. And where we left our story was uh, was Picard and co. in a Romulan prison. Yeah, rotting in the dungeon of the of the uh, Imperial Governor's fancy pants mansion. He protested to the slavery going on there, and you can't do that. You can't be a guest in someone's home and then talk politics the way he did. Yes, Adam, he was virtue signaling by <laughs> condemning their practice of slavery. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, bad house guest. <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> I'm very encouraging of difficult holiday conversations among family members. If your family oh, members yeah? have trash political beliefs, don't let them forget that. That's my take. I agree, Adam. If, you're, if your family members are keeping slaves, <laughs> you should tell them that that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Pass the green beans. But we are still on this Romulan colony world of Yuyat Beta. Picard's been made a, ra- a great big cuck. We uh, we open uh, kind of after nightfall in uh, in a house on the edge of the uh, of the fields these uh, these grape fields that we've been sort of centering all the action around. You know, one place I like to go visit uh, are the grape fields of Napa Valley. They're called the grape fields. Yes. Yeah. I think it's the same two ROMs that are in the opening of the uh, of the first comic in this series are having a conversation about the idea that they are about to about to do something that will really fuck up their relationship with the with the Romulan Empire permanently. Yeah, the uh the tannins on their relationship with the uh the government installed there is going to become uh, bitter and unpleasant. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not going to be filtered out. No, not at all. You're going to they're going to break the cork in that bottle. It's a singularity, you know. It's uh, their their lives are going to change forever after this point. They won't be able to go back, and uh, that is left a little bit ambiguous. But uh, we cut to a uh, like Batman style dinner between the governor. What is her name? Shiana. Yeah. Ram Yarlin too. <laughs> She's got. Can I speak to your manager? Bangs, doesn't she? She really does, and uh, and does. Uh, Seem to be interested in speaking to the manager aboard the Verity. But first, she has to have dinner with Picard, who is not drinking his wine. She speculates that he doesn't like the flavor. My theory is it's a gross color. It's purple. It's super purple. I thought he had a fear of being poisoned. That's why I thought he wasn't going to drink. But you don't have to drink at every occasion either. I think a lot of people feel an obligation to, uh, to overindulge. This time of mm. year, yeah, especially, and uh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to drink at every occasion. Maybe that's Picard's stance here. It'd be cool if they showed him just asking for a bitters and seltzer. Just <laughs> model some some you know good choices right. for us. He's quite uh, eager to find out uh, what's up with Raffi Musiker, his number one for this series. Uh, she tells him that uh, that she's confined. Uh, comfortable enough, but uh, she won't be attending the dinner because this dinner's for bosses. Ben, one thing about this page that I couldn't take my eyes off of is the idea that this wine decanter looks like a poop emoji. It does look like a poop emoji. But why? <laughs> I mean, you look at uh, you look at Romulan culture and like I don't know the the things that they use and the and like the shape of their table and stuff. You can infer what the shape of a wine decanter is, this isn't what I would have imagined it would look like, just based on on the context clues of everything else in the room. They're always very, like, Roman-seeming. A lot of columns and, like, birds on the tops of columns. And yeah. stonework and 
togas, and then poop emoji decanter. Yeah, it seems uh, anachronistic, right? Anachronistic poop emoji. Yeah. She's got that classic, uh, you know, that that classic vibe of somebody who feels perfectly justified in having colonized uh, another another place, which is uh, she she considers herself a savior. She's got this like noblesse oblige kind of thinking about the uh, the people of Yu Yat Beta, and uh, considers herself to be their savior. Yeah, how about that? Picard does not like that. That sounds familiar, right? Yeah, it does. Um, we've we've seen conversations like that in like a, a lot of movies we've watched on Friendly Fire that are set in colonial contexts. That's our other podcast, Adam. That's an actual good one that we do. It's a hit show. Yeah. She's making the case that she's kind of a real uh, Romulan Christopher Columbus. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this kind of comes to loggerheads. Like Picard is is basically storming out toward the end of this scene. He does not finish his meal. Ben, would you say that they come to Romulager heads? Didn't you say that before? I'm just trying to be consistent. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's our brand to do the same joke over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think of it as like variations on a theme, not just the exact same joke. I feel like if the show is a driver's ed car with two steering wheels and two sets of gas and brake, you and I are wanting the show to go in different directions. Like, like I want to go back and pick up every joke that we leave behind, and you just want to keep the, the pedal to the metal. I can appreciate that. I want to leave behind the jokes that we have already done. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. That's like the chicken carcass that we've already eaten all the meat off of, to me. I'm trying to make a delicious stock out of all of the jokes that <laughs> that we've said on the show in episodes yeah. past. And then pour it into uh, into ice cube molds and uh, keep them in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You can just meter it out as much as you want or as little as you want. Our, our show is really the instant pot of comedy. I've always thought that. Hmm. Yeah. Takes a lot longer to heat up and cool down than you think. You can sear the jokes. You can slow cook the jokes. You can even make rice in here. Oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> rice. Oh, here comes another one of uh, Benjamin R. Harrison's super awesome food hot takes. He doesn't like rice. I don't like rice that much. I feel like of the empty calories, it's like pretty low on my list. God, it is so boring to argue with you about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the subject. You think there was any rice on uh, on these dishes on on this uh, on this Romulan planet? No, we don't. They don't get fuck with it. A good idea of what Romulan food is ever, do we? Yeah, it's real squiggly. They're known pictures. for their ales, and that's it. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder what Romulan ale is made out of. I mean, it's clearly just hypnotic, right? What what <laughs> what pairs with hypnotic? I don't know, Tangeray? Do people mix Tangeray with Hypnotic? I don't know. I thought people just drank Hypnotic, like in a snifter yeah, or a shot. Yeah. When you barf Hypnotic, that's got to be real nasty looking. Yeah. So Picard storms out, which is a pretty baller move for somebody who's imprisoned. Like, does not seem to be worried that he might get shot in this context, but... Uh, it's Admiral's privilege, right? Yeah, and he's quite confident that Starfleet will be sending reinforcements when... Uh, when the Verity radios back that uh, that they haven't been able to get in touch with the Admiral or the First Officer in quite a while. So uh, he's storming out when a boom happens, and uh, this explodes the entire wall of the, of the room that they're in, and uh, knocks out enough of the, uh, of the Romulans that it's only two guys that are taking Picard back to his cell at this point. Uh, the the palace is under attack. You know what's great about this moment is that no one needs to do the dishes. <laughs> that is really great. That table setting is all fucked up. Yeah, these seem like a lot of uh, like mixed material dishes too. Like the the wine glasses are glass like set in in metal, which yeah. I feel like probably are not dishwasher safe. So this is a lot of hand hand washed dishes that got saved. While we're talking about the visuals of this scene, I, I really appreciate the nice tailoring of these uh, Romulan breadbasket tunics, you know? They look good. 
They seem to have uh, knocked it off with how big the shoulders get Yeah. in this future that we're looking at. They seem to have pivoted into a kind of New York Times crossword puzzle motif (laughs) for the pattern, too. Yeah, Will Shorts would be real proud of these Romulans. Yeah. They separate him from the governor. They're they're hustling him back to his cell when uh, in comes some Uyats, and they they stun... What are you yet doing here? <laughs> Universal translators cannot decipher you yet. No. No, I mean, that that sort of suggests their newness to the scene, right? If you've got a universal translator with the most current software on it and you're not able to translate you yet, I think that says a lot about uh, the relative hierarchy that uh, that the you yet fits into, which is not very high. Yeah. I mean, they, he could just be like an Adam Pranica type where he's angry at the software for trying to update and fix the bugs. Yeah. Yeah, that is my thing. <laughs> Always the one joining the call with the oldest software. It's, it's really remarkable. You, you make John Roderick look like he really keeps his, keeps his shit up to date. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are kind of like Yuyat Mujahideen. They, they've uh, armed themselves. They, uh, they bust in and uh, I, I guess Picard like recognizes the, the leader of these guys, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's so Picard too, right? To be able to, to distinguish uh, among a brand new race that he's just encountered. God, he's he's great, right? He he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. <laughs> no, he can't even see differences in Groot, except he can <laughs> to the extent that he can he can distinguish one from another. It's quite the opposite, Adam. He can see all the differences in Groot's, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to be willing to acknowledge the the universal translator issue. Like he keeps saying things like "Listen to me" and. <laughs> takes a gun from one of them he like he really thinks he's in charge the second they rescue him it's making a lot of assumptions like he has nothing to go on that they are that they are in fact rescuing him they might just be stealing the prisoner to imprison for their own form of leverage right yeah and if you're the you yet what the fuck is the difference between uh between blonde yarlin at one end of the table and old whitey at the other like take them all down at this point yeah, he gets one of these rifles and leads these Uyats to the uh, holding cells where they're able to rescue uh, Lieutenant Commander Raffi, and uh, she gets a gun of her own, and then they, they bust out. It seems like she's staying in a nicer cell than Picard's. It's bigger, right? Yeah, what's up with that? Picard, Picard comes in and he's like, what is this? You, <laughs> you actually have a toilet in here? I had to shit in a hole. Maybe that's what he's in at the end of the last one. Oh, yeah. Is he dumping in that little room? <laughs> he does kind of have a pinched expression at the end that that we we thought was thoughtfulness, but really... No, he's hunched over trying to pinch off a loaf. I mean, especially at his age, you don't, you don't want to strain. No, that could be bad. Do not go in there. So yeah, they uh, they rescue her and uh, they have to sort of shoot their way out of the palace because uh, because there's still quite a few crossword puzzle Romulans running around. Do you think they're going up in difficulty as they run into them? Oh yeah, like the earlier <laughs> oh, ones were Mondays, right? If we run into a Thursday and it's like one of those missing letter puzzles, like I I don't know, guys, we might, this might not be worth even trying. <laughs> Picard, as they shoot their way through the hallway, is constantly virtue signaling his commander by saying, look, we're only shooting if shot at, and we're only setting these cannons on stun. So chill out with that, which is great. It's something he says after he shoots maybe eight of these Romulans on their way out of the building. It's kind of a fun reveal. Yeah, he's he's only been stunning them. Because at the time, you're like... Would you say that Picard is the number one stunner? What, what? 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 Oh, I was asking, do you think Picard is the number one stunner? Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, but they have a problem, right? They've they've escaped the palace and uh, the, the fields are burning as they run off into the night. But uh, they have no communicator badges, so no way to contact the USS Verity up in orbit. 
Yeah, it's super cool that, uh, I don't know, two decades after TNG, communicator technology is still like chained to a communicator <laughs> badge and without one, you're totally fucked in a situation like this. Put it in the pips. Put it in the pips or, I don't know, like hide one in your boot. They're not taking your boots off, Picard. Subdermal implants. They've had, they've had those in Star Trek before. Yeah, yeah. When you're beaming down to a hostile planet, how about just hide something inside of yourself? Then I tell you one thing. If there's one guy who doesn't want any subdermal implants anymore, it's Picard. <laughs> That's all scar tissue all the way down. Hmm. <laughs> Does love the red hot chili peppers. They're running across this field, having a real hard time uh, understanding these Yu Yats. And uh, they get to the mouth of a cave. And uh, one of these Romulans that was at the beginning of this issue and was in uh, in his French uh, grape field at the beginning of the first issue comes out and says, uh, "Yeah, you guys are allowed in here." That's what that's what he's saying. That's that's what he's saying in you yet. And uh, and Picard recognizes this guy as the Vintner. He's he's the dude that we met. I didn't realize this in the last issue, but the. The dude at the beginning is the same as the dude in the vineyard on uh, Yu Yat Beta. Yeah. This guy barely ever leaves vineyards. He gets a name this time around, so you know he's significant. Jaban. Picard and uh, his commander take their introduction curiously because they're like, this is a fucking cave. What do you mean we're permitted to come in? This place is a dump. Just wait till you see the pool. And as soon as they enter, it becomes clear that it's uh, it's sort of hallowed ground. The the waterfalls flow upward. It's not a Star Trek cave like any we've ever seen before. Looks pretty nice. Kind of reminded me of like Avatar in a way. Right. Like the idea of a uh, of an alien environment that inspires awe first and foremost is something that weirdly Star Trek almost never visits. <laughs> And uh, I was, it was kind of refreshing to see it in this comic book. I like that uh, Raffi touches it right away. Good choice, Raffi. She has no idea what this is or, or what it can do. It would have been fun to see one of the Groots just like knock her hand away. Because <laughs> it is like the case has already been made that this is sort of sacred ground for them. Yeah. Like what if that's where they bury their dead or something? Yeah. What if that's where they piss? <laughs> I just had to pee. I didn't know it was special. <laughs> Picard's like... Uh, so I was uh, interrupted earlier in the day, <laughs> mid-squat. <laughs> That's my very terrible Picard impression. That's pretty good. I like it. I think uh, I think that could be one of the new characters on our signature show, The Greatest Discovery. We get to meet Jaban's lady friend, Laris. She's introduced as his partner, and... Uh, and we come to realize that they are the two earliest colonists there. And this is a this is a word choice that Raffi seizes on to pretty hard. It's yeah. sort of like, uh, I don't know, if I say anything totally innocent about, uh, I don't know, liking a tiki drink or something, you'll, you'll come way down on me as being a, a colonizer of other cultures. How dare you? <laughs> Raffi's like, you're not supposed to have fun drinking tiki drinks. What is the premise of that? I, I'm the most famous tiki drink enthusiast on this podcast. I couldn't by far. I couldn't think another example of of how and why you would come down on me in a similar way. So I just went there. So you just accused me of something that isn't true? Yeah. God, I'm really flailing on this one. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's I think it's a fair point that Raffi is making that. The uh, like all of the Romulans that they've seen on this planet so far are enslaving the the local uh, Uyats. So I think a correct word on her part. But you know the Romulans kick uh, kick this shit right back in her face and say the Federation colonizes planets. Also, <laughs> your hands are not totally clear. I'm glad they give this dialogue to Raffi and not Picard here because I really, as much as I love Picard, I don't need him to talk about colonizing in the same way. I think it hits harder coming from a non-white character. I agree, but it's also a bit unfortunate that the next line is Picard telling everybody like, (laughs) 
All right, we can debate the relative merits of colonialism later. Right now, we need to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He kind of both sides it to commercial here. <laughs> yeah. He New York Times headlines the, the, dis, the disagreement yeah. and then uh, changes the subject. Yeah, and it becomes clear that uh, Jaban and Laris have been working with the native Uyats uh, to orchestrate the up- uprising that they experienced at the uh, at the compound earlier. Rafi is shocked by this because, like, she looks at them. There are a couple of Romulans, and she knows how desperate all Romulans are at this point. And she's like, "You are as good as dead right now. Like, why would you ever stick up for these guys in a circumstance where you're you're like fighting for survival?" Romulan society is sort of fascistic where like I feel like the Cardassian state that has been described in Deep Space Nine is very similar to the version of the Romulan state that's described in TNG where like it's kind of bleak and terrible mm-hmm. and if you don't if you, if you step out of line at all it's it's death penalty or nothing right as the Romulan expert Raffi is like Boy, the the idea of like planning an insurrection with non-Romulan natives uh, is basically signing your own death warrant. What the fuck are you even thinking? And that's when these two drop a bomb. They are Tal Shiar, Adam. Wow. Thought so. <laughs> I thought we called this, right? No? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm drunk half the time. On tiki drinks. Uh, and everyone knows that the Tal Shiar are sort of the special forces of Romulans, right? They're very secret. I'm not saying that tiki drinks don't have problematic aspects to them. Like, I think that there's lots of problematic parts of tiki culture. It's fine to like the drinks. Sure. You know? Liking the drinks isn't apologizing for the uglier aspects of cultural appropriation. I tell you, the only thing I'm interested in is uh, colonizing a booth at a tiki bar. That's the only that's the only colonizing I'm into. Tiki bars at their best are fake beachside bars. At their worst they are representing themselves to be a culture that they aren't really. Thank you, Rafi. You're welcome. <laughs> Upon uh, the Verity, the kind of green lieutenant that was left in command gets a FaceTime from uh, from the governor on the Romulan planet. And uh, what Shiana is saying is that the captain and the first officer are dead and uh, and she and her Romulan friends need to be evacuated because the natives of this planet are attacking them. And she, it's a real sob story. Boy, you just get the feeling that Lieutenant Newton is going to have a bad day pretty soon. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like the second he gets this call, he knows that writing the report on what happened is going to be a real bummer. <laughs> like, I think the one way you entrap a Starfleet is appealing to their sense of of needing to rescue you, you know? Yeah. So she's, she's play acting that everyone's dead and Picard and... Rafi are dead among them and that they need emergency beam out like they have injured people and and shit's on fire down there and that to his credit he does not take anything she says for granted like he contacts Starfleet and says we've lost contact with them but he doesn't say they're dead he doesn't he doesn't buy that and then he turns it back around on the governor and says we need to be able to scan the planet like the diplomatic arrangement in place prevents us from doing so but we need to know what we're dealing with so you need to uh, you need to lift that prescription and she's down with this she says she will she was acting and uh she asks her her little uh her little major domo athos uh how how he thought she did uh as they wander around among the scattered corpses of revolutionary Yuyats. Do they call them Yuyati in the... I feel like I read Yuyati one, at oh, one spot, geez. but Have I we keep been calling them Yuyats. Have up the whole time? I think if we've been calling this them is... Yuyats up to now, we get, we need to stay the course. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to get a lot of letters from Yuyats. This siege on the compound does not appear to have gone well for the Yuyats because it is just a body pile it doesn't appear that any Romulans were killed no. looking at these piles. Yeah. What's even stranger is the bodies spell out the word, save me, Picard. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, and they're wearing like 
spacesuits made out of made out of medieval armor. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Very strange. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. Anyways, so what she what uh what the blonde Yarlin is telling Athos is that like everything's going according to plan. She's getting a little bad guy monologue in, which you know is safer when you're bad guy monologuing to other bad guys. You know, like your henchmen are the people that you want a bad guy monologue to if you're a bad guy. You're probably filled with confidence if you're a bad guy surrounded by the dead of your enemies, right? Do you think the people that work directly for Elon Musk realize that they're henchmen? Does it say that on like their W-2? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But it's cool, right? No. (laughs) it's It's henchmen ironically is what they think. A henchman's a henchman. That's what I'm gonna say. Benjamin R. Harrison, anti-electric vehicle. Is there anything you're for anymore, Ben? I'm pro-transit, Adam. Yeah. Aren't we all? Raffi does not buy this whole Tal Shiar line. She says, Tal Shiar agents don't tell you when they're Tal Shiar. That's, that's like one of the main things about them. Which is a fun first point to make, because if, if that's true, then how can they believe anything these guys are saying? I think the main yeah. point about... Jaban and Laris is that they're collaborators first and foremost and secondarily that they're Tal Shiar. Yeah. They start to tell a story about like how the Tal Shiar work within the confine because we've we've run into Tal Shiar outside of the Romulan Empire before but the idea that they go to all of these colony worlds and exist in the margins they're not in the halls of power they're like they're out in the fields posing as winemakers like precisely so that they can keep an eye on the sort of on the ground sentiments throughout the Romulan Empire. Boy, if it ever got out that the Tal Shiar were mostly winemakers, <laughs> big trouble. Yeah, the governor doesn't know who they are, but uh, but these two uh, fell in love and also decided that they uh, felt the way the the Yeti were being treated was an injustice. I love that they make that a part of their origin story too. They're like, and if that's not enough, divulging like the the most secretive secret we could as Tao Shiar, we're also in love. Mm-hmm. And then they like we've joined pinkies. <laughs> <laughs> Picard's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> It's not just that they were trying to, to you know, make you a hostage. They are going to try and take over your ship. Which is already clear to them, right? Like, if Picard and Rafi didn't know directly, they sort of assumed that while they were in prison, those on the ship would be in danger somehow. Because blonde Romulan told Picard as much, right? Like, she's going to take a ship. They're going to they're yeah. get out of there. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of restatement of things in this in this middle middle comic. See, even the Star Trek comics like to go back and and pick up things that they already said. This is something I mm-hmm. can get behind as a rejoker. The most boring thing about them. <laughs> I mean, you look at the size of the comics industry. Yeah. Like mere hundreds of thousands of readers industry-wide. And you wonder what's what's causing that? Yeah. What can we do to emulate this sick industry? I think Raffi is the one with the right attitude here cuz she like fliply is like, "Cool, you guys are in love, but what are we going to do, seriously?" <laughs> yeah. I like I like her vibe. I'm I'm uh, interested to see the character on the show. She's going to touch your waterfall if you have one, and she's not going to put up with your guff. Those are the two things we no. know about her. And she's going to call you a colonizer if she believes you to be one. Yeah, I like her deal. Well, the Verity beams uh, Governor Shiana up to the ship with Athos and uh, one of her crossword puzzle henchmen. We haven't up until now gotten a good sense of how big the Verity is. But I think you know from the moment that they beam Shiana and Athos on that I don't think we've ever seen a starship with a grand staircase. Yeah. The way this one has, right? Yeah. Just the transporter room on the Verity is like bridge size for any other ship. Yeah. And I think that that is interesting, like size context to the thing. We don't see the ship next to another ship, so we don't really know. 
What you want to do at the grand staircase in the Verity is is sort of see and be seen, right? <laughs> yeah, you put on your best your best duds. You descend the staircase slowly. It's uh, it's kind of the Met Gala of boarding a starship. It's a real they take Governor Shiana into the uh, captain's ready room where she is uh, going to be able to get on an encrypted, uh, some kind of encrypted uh, radiogram with the uh, the people in charge on Romulus. And uh, upon Athos sitting down at this desk, uh, we just get some, some over-the-air uh, computer notification that there's been some kind of command override. And it seems that Athos was able to very quickly do something to take over the ship. Uh, the second Athos announced that the protocol worked and that they are in control of the ship, uh, Lieutenant Newton, the, the drawing of Lieutenant Newton in that moment looks very Adam Pranica to me. Yeah, yeah I got that too. <laughs> he can't even open the doors, Adam. There has been a pattern to these comics where you and I are blown out at airlock or tortured or, or killed in some way. I think there's a career death happening here to Lieutenant <laughs> Newton and, yeah. uh, and depicting him as, as someone somewhat Adam adjacent yeah. in appearance. I think I can get with that. I get the message, you guys. I only hope that there's a Ben Harrison adjacent person in the next comic. I'm going to be jealous of you if, that, if that not. That guy's going to be drowning in an upside down waterfall <laughs> in issue three. Yeah, I'll just I'll just be like leaning over it, like blah, blah, I can't breathe. Blah, blah. In an upside down waterfall, you'd be drowning up against the ceiling. Yeah, you'd be like the cum shot scene in Scary Movie. Exactly, Adam. You take my little hand. No. Very pent up waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been laid in a long time. <laughs> You got it, Ben. And that's the end of the comic. Yeah, things don't look too good on the parody. You know, this is that uh, whisper of death. It looks like Picard and crew are going to be abandoned on the planet surface because uh, because of how fucked the Verity is in orbit. Did you like this comic, Ben? I did. I, I kind of made fun of it for kind of repeating some ideas a few times uh, in this middle book, but uh, but there were some some genuine surprises. I did not see the Yuyats being uh, an advanced race coming. I thought that they were going to be presented as a species that would be comparatively primitive and stay that way, but it seems like they're up to some high-tech stuff. I'm interested to get to know those guys. I'm wondering if those characters will be in the uh, in the upcoming show at all. Yeah, I wonder that too. Though I have to say, I have my doubts about Lieutenant Newton's survival in issue three. Yeah. If I were a betting man, and believe me, I am <laughs> betting against him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a. Probably wisely placed bet. I'm not a betting man, so I won't be joining you. I think the middle comic of a three-comic series faces that challenge of of just being sort of an interstitial, like a glue story between the first and the third. I think it does good work uh, in standing on its own, in presenting uh, even more problems for Rafi and Picard to solve. They're unable to solve them, and I think I'm starting to get a picture of why Picard is not an admiral in the Star Trek Picard show. Like he is, he's poo bearing around having had his pants pulled down for two <laughs> issues. I don't think it's been a good look for him. Are you saying that Commander Starfleet is going to be ripping the pips off of his, off of his shirt in some kind of discommendation ceremony at the end of the third book? Well, yeah. I mean, how, how is that not the case? We know he's no longer in Starfleet on the show and then we're, we have him in Starfleet here. You, you're you're suggesting that he just retires? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> the forced out. The possibility had crossed my mind. I think this is a scandal. I don't know about that. I think the I, I think that uh, the Romulans pulling a scheme on you is like one of the main things that happens if you're uh, high up in Starfleet. I think you get a lot of people in in the Starfleet brass who are maybe a little jelly about Admiral Picard. They're looking to take him down a peg and they give him the choice. They're like, you can either resign or we can fire you. And maybe mm. he just retires after this. Wow. For that reason. Jeez. Picard's a hero, but you guys, you got guys waiting in the wings who are like, I never got assimilated. 
Why why am I not Admiral? See what I'm saying? No. Pretty dark future. <laughs> I don't think that's the Star Trek future we've been uh, we've been shown before, so a lot of a lot of backbiting middle management types over there. Yeah, I don't buy it, Adam. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see whose prediction holds up. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, we're going to know one way or the other before the end of this comic series. <laughs> right. <laughs> it will probably be resolved in uh, episode one of season one yeah. of Star Trek Picard, which has been already been renewed for its second season, Adam. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you and I still waiting on our show's renewal for its second season of uh, The Greatest Discovery. Yeah. I think that's that's probably going to be a decision made uh, at the very last moment. We'll probably hear about it in Variety, right? Our taskmasters at Uxbridge Shimoda, <laughs> nameless and faceless. Yeah, the, those, those backbiting middle managers at Uxbridge Shimoda. <laughs> Bunch of jerks. Hate those guys. Well, uh, Adam, do you want to see if we have any Priority One messages in the old inbox? Got to do it. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Adam, we have a priority one message here. It is from Gus, and it is to Ben, Adam, and all viewers everywhere. Goes like this. I hate the empty P1 box. It is unconscionable and a war crime of the worst magnitude. <laughs> Incroyable that people will wait months on the other podcast. When this one's mouth is empty. Looking forward to viewing Picard Epps and Deep Space Nine Season 7. To all, happy Captain Picard Day, First Contact Day, or whatever holidays closest that you observe. Ben, uh, you are the show's foremost French pronunciator. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, give you, I give you that respect. I'm not. I, I especially love the, uh, the incredible... <laughs> But incredible, uh, incredible. But yeah. uh, I'm shocked that you left unconscionable on on the vine. It's right there. Lay lay unconscionable. Listen, man. If you if you want to punch up my Vichy French guy, do it your fucking self. <laughs> uh, this next priority one message is from Curtis, and it is for Lisa, and it goes like this. It wasn't a Star Trek wedding, but exchanging vows under the terrifying gaze of a T-Rex on New Year's Eve was the next best thing. Happy anniversary, baby. Even though you have no idea what it means, you'll always be my drunk Shimoda. Hey, that's awesome. Congratulations, Lisa and Curtis. Sounds like this was a a New Year's Eve-style wedding. What a fun day-slash-night to have a wedding. What happened to us this episode? I don't know. We're I don't falling know. Falling apart. We're falling uh, apart. You know, it's it's why we rely more and more on those who uh, send us priority one messages like these, right, Ben? It's the glue that holds this show together. Yeah, the the deaths of a thousand horses, the only thing that can keep this show going, along with priority one messages. <laughs> so uh, head to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. It's a hundred bucks for a personal message. Or 200 for a commercial message. We really appreciate both of them. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product. Or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth, wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra-large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. I have tried so many meal services over the years. After all, I am a podcast host. And I got to tell you, Factor Meals is my favorite. Why? Because I can go from what am I going to have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com trek50 to get 50% off. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you discover yourself and Edward Larkin? I did, Adam, and uh, it's got to be Lieutenant Newton. Just uh, just panicking around this whole issue. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? He looks more and more like you the more the comic goes on. And then, and then when he realizes that much like Admiral Picard, his pants are also down, looks the most like you. I can't imagine that this is unintentional. <laughs> we know th- we know that there are people in the Star Trek industrial complex that tune in to the greatest discovery. And now I'm speculating that the folks behind this comic book are tuning in. Uh, I think one thing is clear by what Lieutenant Newton looks like. Hell of a good looking guy. Yeah, he's a hunk. Lantern jaw. Mm-hmm. Real steely eyed determination. Yeah. Kind of a man about town quality to him. Kind of bad at his job. Kind of a kind of a rakish quality, but uh, but like a real, real sharp witted guy. He's a real Edward Larkin, if you will. Still making a lot of mistakes. Don't get the sense that you're going to get an apology from him. Did you find yourself an Edward Larkin in the episode? Of course, it's Lieutenant Newton. You can't <laughs> you can't just beam these folks aboard and not have any security waiting. Like, yeah. it's it's like Lieutenant Newton has never played chess before. It's always a chess game with the Romulans. Yeah. I think you need to station security around. You don't bring two science officers to meet these people. You allow the Romulans unfettered access to your computer database? Give me a break. They're, they're plugging in their, their USB drives into your computer like like it's no big deal? It's like calling Rudy Giuliani on an unsecured cell phone line while he's in Russia. I mean, I hate to say this because Lieutenant Newton, so good looking. Uh, Not good at your job, Lieutenant (laughs) Newton. That's what I'm going to say. Wow. He's better looking than he is qualified. Mm. (laughs) Who gave him the con? Oh, wait, it was Picard, wasn't it? It could have been... Another strike against Picard, Ben. It could have been Raffi. Another strike. How many free passes is Picard going to get? That's my question. 
first Wolf 359 and now this? <laughs> it's a scandal. Scandal's brewing. The trip to you yet, Beta, does not go well, Verity. <laughs> He's Hanson in this episode. God, he is. He's got the Admiral Hanson biography on his nightstand. If Picard was was hustled out of Starfleet in disgrace, he doesn't go back to Starfleet to ask for help. That's that's my take on it. He does if he's desperate. Hmm. That's the level of desperation he's feeling. Look, mm. this is all going to make sense when we see that first episode of Picard, Ben. Yeah, I guess it all will. What are we doing on the next episode? Do we even know? Do we even have a plan? Oh, well, we talked about it earlier. Uh, the next episode is going to be about the next Short Treks episode. It's Children of Mars, where oh, yeah. where all we know is that it's a uh, it's a depiction of of classroom bullying that yeah. just will not stand in the 24th century. It's, it's little girls that hate each other's guts and then don't. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. Two redheads angry at each other. Maybe our conflicts will uh, will will find some resolution in this next episode of the greatest discovery. Maybe we'll learn some tools about how to uh, how to be better friends and and co-host to each other. Maybe from, from Children of Mars. It's the next episode of the greatest discovery and the last episode of our off season because the episode after that is uh, is Star Trek Picard. Yeah, this uh, this this preseason Star Trek Discovery programming soon to end. Soon the episodes are going to count, Ben. Mm. As soon as Picard premieres. Oh dear. Then we've we've got to make better episodes than this when the time <laughs> comes. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. And it sure is. Well, uh, looking forward to it, and uh, you know, we'll leave it with Robs from here, as we do. Someone for whom there is no pressure. The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast, hosted by Benjamin Harrison and Adam Pranica. It's produced by me, Rob Schulte. Our theme music is by Friend of DeSoto and YouTube sensation Adam Ragusia. The Greatest Discovery is made possible by the support of our listeners like you. Make sure the show continues by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you'd like to discuss the show online, please use the hashtag GreatestDiscovery. You can find Ben on Twitter at BenjaminAHR, Adam is at CutForTime, and I'm at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, we'll see you on the next episode of The Greatest Discovery. Hold on. Mm -hmm. There's a crazy garbage truck situation happening across the street. Sounds that way. Dar! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.